What's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have the honor of introducing a friend that I've been knowing for 10 plus years. He is a three-time reformed felon. He's an ex-gay member, but he's turned his life over to Christ. And now he is a huge community activist and a serial entrepreneur. It gives me great honor to introduce to you my friend, Lawan Harris. All right, you're a owner, a CEO of multiple businesses and a reformed felon, and you're a father of six children. But most importantly, present day, you're doing not only just God's work, which is most, most important, but you're also doing the work for the Black community. So I want to talk first about your past so let's let's start there let's get to the dirt Ooh, where do i start so ah that's that's a good one um obviously from indianapolis nat town native i I call us naptilians so i'm a a naptilian uh born and raised on the west side of town it's kind of it's a dual to that story because I went to school in Pike Township, but I spent most of my growing up time over in the land at uh, 27th and Franklin Place right down the street from Holy Angels. So I had like the best of both worlds, I guess you could say, um, as far as community is concerned. However, my, <laughs> woo, goodness, my, um, my past is tragic. I wouldn't offer my past to Satan. <laughs> well, it, it, it was it was bad. It was very, it was, oh my gosh. I'm so glad that I don't even tell the story no more. Um, I don't know if that was kind of a war is me type thing, but I told that story for so long. I like knew the verbiage. I knew what emotional parts was about to hit and all that stuff. So I, I don't even tell the story no more. So it's weird me saying it, but I grew up in a totally abusive home, like all the way around the board. It was my my mother, my father, and my brother, which I later learned in life was actually my half brother. Um, and let's see, my mother abandoned me. She was never home. She did hair for a living, so she was always on the go and always partying and things like that. Um, my father, I'm just glad he at least stepped up and and upheld his responsibilities as a dad. So I definitely honoring, uh, but when I say abusive all the way around the board, physically, mentally, verbally, spiritually, like whateverly, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he was brutal, but I, I get him now. It's, it's weird. You know, um, I don't think his form of raising was fit for any child, but I get it. I understand, especially coming from where he came from, you know, kind of that Black Panther area or error and things of that sort. So for him, tough love was all he knew. He actually had to step up and be the father of his home at a young age. And he had what, three, four siblings that lived in the house. Um, so stepping up and being a man of the house, cause his, his father, my grandfather was, I guess, a rolling stone or what, I don't know. I don't know too much about my grandfather. I wasn't that, that close to him, but yeah, my daddy, he was full and he boxed. He boxed for 13 years, so you got to imagine the type of 
whoopings I got. I was getting oh, them hands yeah. off. <laughs> oh, ding, 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 ding. I went through stages. Okay, so he used to he used to get me with his hand. You know what I mean? Uh if he was whooping my butt, he would he whooped my butt with I graduated from that to the to the to the one belt. The one belt wasn't that big leather belt. I hadn't got to the leather belt yet. Mm-hmm. Then then the leather belt, then the leather belt like mama's belt. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? them belts that with the big buckles and stuff like that. I, I couldn't remember which end I was getting hit with. <laughs> I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we graduated from that to a wooden paddle. I used to get, he used to light fire from my tail. You hear me? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, uh, I'll never forget it. But, um, and then I graduated from the paddle, uh, from the paddle to the hands. So I was just catching them hands, them, them right hooks and them left hooks. And every time he said, think, it would be accompanied with a with an open hand bop over the head, and I would like see stars, you know, like in the cartoons. I would see like light splotches, like, and it was so crazy because I could be like sitting there in class or something, and all of a sudden I start seeing them light splotches, not knowing that that was kind of like a, a symptom of boxing, you know, when you've been hit being punch drunk, basically. And it, it wasn't like an everyday thing where he just came home and kicked my tail all around the house. It wasn't like that. I had to do something to to, to motivate him. Yeah. Right. But I just think he was overkill, like for real. I, I I can I can be grateful for it now because I'm kind of numb to pain and and of course I'm a great fighter. <laughs> I'm, I'm a great fighter. I had no choice but to be. <laughs> um, and and stuff like that, but then some of the sensitivity of me has been kind of thrown away with what I went through, you know, the different abuses that I went through um, in my household. And then last and finally, and I just became open about this probably about five years ago, my brother actually sexually molested me uh, for seven out of the first 11 years of my life to where when I was 12, when I turned 12, he got killed. Mm. So that was crazy to deal. And I suffered in silence for like 31 years. Um, didn't talk about, I talked about the one person, that person ended up using my information like a tea party with my own friends. Just, I'm like, who does that? This I entrust in you, you know what I'm saying? With that information and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it was tragic. My upbringing was hell. When you have had everything stripped away from you, everything blocked from you, everything, every pathway basically seeming like a pitfall, you have nothing else but God and but faith to lean on. Even though I was young and knew nothing about faith and only knew about God based on the images that I was presented by going to church, um, I, I didn't have anything else but what, what he put inside of me to survive that. Like, I literally don't think that my upbringing was even mentally, I don't think anybody is capable of mentally surviving that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people thought that I was hyper. A lot of people thought that I was, you know, just crazy basically you know schizo but they had no idea that i was protecting my brother and suffering in silence and i had no outlets i didn't have anybody to talk to there weren't a lot of programs around and i just you know after that you don't trust people a lot of my acting out came from suffering in silence and all the different many forms of abuses that i that i faced as a child now that's all before i'm 13 years old so do you think that uh is the way is the reason why you raise your children the way you do? Oh yeah. I believe in, in learning from other people's mistakes. I don't necessarily do the best job all the time. 
Uh, I've made plenty of mistakes in parenting, plenty of mistakes. But what I tried not to do was repeat my parents' mistakes. And this is the worst part about failing. When your goal is not to do something that you see yourself doing it anyway. I was nothing like neither one of my parents uh, in parenting. However, if I was to scrutinize or criticize myself or however you want to look at that, I can definitely see the resemblances. And But I think my mine was more or less from as a result of what I went through with my parents, as opposed to like developing my own metrics, but being a parent and just going at it. I didn't really have that opportunity because life has not dealt me those cards. My parenting, you know, trying to be there, especially loving on my boys. Um, that's huge for me. My father didn't demonstrate a sensitive type of love. So, and then my mother was never around. So, you know, mama's boys, think about it. Mm. We always are looking for, that soft side as well. We need that in our life. That's our balance. But when you only have just that tough, you know, barbaric type of, of parenting coming your way, it's kind of hard to extract anything soft from, from a person like that. So I made sure that that was something that I demonstrated with my kids was, mm-hmm. you know, hug on them, kiss on them. If I had to whoop their butt, you know, turn around and hug on them and, and talk to them and not just force feed them information that really don't even make sense for their time frame anyway. So. Now, do the oldest ones know about uh, the down for whatever life that you had back in the day? I do believe that they have learned and and gained more insight than what I have given them. I'm very open with my kids, mm-hmm. um, especially the older ones. They they have a little bit more understanding in life um, than the other ones, obviously. But they know a lot about me. I've never been the secretive type person with my kids you know I'm very forthcoming with them so that they know and understand you know what the world is about uh to censor I think kind of hurts our homes um but then at the same time I mean you know back in the day if I'm smoking a blunt I'm not just gonna be oh well I'm uncensored and I'm gonna smoke a blunt in front of my kids and I'm not doing that if they you know back then if they had asked me daddy did you smoke weed yep do I want you to do it nope but if you do it here's how you you see what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Here's what you need to consider. Here's what you need. So I think that openness with my children has caused them to be open with me. You know, my oldest is um, she's chosen same sex. I, I'm trying to be politically correct because I don't know what terms are what nowadays. I don't know if you can say, can you say lesbian or God? Yeah, you can say lesbian. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what it is nowadays. She, she, <laughs> She flies a rainbow flag. But I, I told her, I said, I didn't teach, <laughs> I didn't teach you that. Right. But that's not going to change me from loving you. You're my daughter. Right. You know I mean, so I've always accepted her girlfriends as my daughters and things of that sort. And um, I, I've, I've just done the best I can to keep my kids from making the same mistakes that I've made. But I've never done any hiding. You know, like this set of kids found out about this set of kids. and Oh, how did that happen? Oh, did you cheat on my mother? I mean, yeah, I did. You know, I'm not happy or proud about it, but I'm not going to lie about it either. And we can discuss that. They've never really gone into any type of conversations about stuff like that. But, you know, they I'm sure they've talked amongst each other and talked to their mothers and things of that sort. So they're, they're pretty aware. Yeah, they do. They talk amongst each other, whether we want them to or not. <laughs> y'all, y'all spreading government secrets. Okay. Chill out, kids. You can't you can't talk to me about it, but you're gonna talk about each other about it. All <laughs> right. I see y'all. 
yeah, raising kids in this day and age, is, that is a severe challenge because you got to think of all the things that actually raise our kids for us. You got the school systems. You have every visual thing that a child could get their eyes, their eye gate on. Social media. Uh, there's social media and media period. Yeah. Uh, uh, everything is driving our kids in a more independence, less codependence way yet with not with enough wisdom though. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm grown. I know this. I can Google it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's crazy, Andy. You know what it we is. It wasn't no Google. It we had encyclopedias. Encyclopedia Brown, Encyclopedia Britannica. Yes. And, and you had to you had to go to the East to the library and go find something. Now. You come on now. Now you have to do kids. some research. And I used to like doing that research and digging for stuff. Did you? I was a nerd, man. Yeah. I would have rather been one of these kids just for that. I was like, but I mean, we didn't have that. And the access to information does empower you. But what do you do with it? See, that's wisdom. You have to know what to do with the information that you receive. Sometimes when someone is telling you something, it might not be for you to open your mouth with your your bestie. It might just be so that you can, you know, put that in that little cabinet file. So when that time frame approaches to where you are going through that situation or whatever, you'll know how to pull that out. You get to taking information and, 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 and using it for conversation with your bestie and all the rest of that stuff. And the next thing you know, you really done kind of messed up yourself. Right. That's not what that information is. So with my children, I, I have to give them credit to be millennials. Like, of course, they're gathering information quickly. You know, all they got to do is pick up their phone. They got a whole world on their phone, something we didn't have. Sure. Um, and I, I would have to say that for the most part, my children are wise. So they, they've executed good wisdom uh, in their walk, in their journey, and things like that. So, so I'm actually, I'm proud of my kids. Mm-hmm. I really am. Um, however, they're still millennials. So there's still those those small little quirks. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. on a scale, you deal with it. The know-it-alls. Yeah, yeah, yeah you deal with it. Uh, yeah. The way you approach situations, you know, not getting every side of the story or whatever, however, whatever it is that millennials are doing. They just kind of, they're more reactive but like immediately reactive, kind of compulsive mm-hmm. or impulsive, not compulsive, impulsive. Um, so my kids are not that bad though. And so I was definitely, I, I was grateful to God <laughs> that my kids were not impulsive like I was because that's what got me in a lot of trouble. Bring that full circle, um, I'm actually, let me give all my children's mothers their props and say that they was the balance to what could have been a disastrous equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all of my children's mothers, they fed into uh, teaching me how to be a better parent as well. Um, you know, me not being so tough, not being so, um, you know, looking like my looking like my parents. I mean, so they, they definitely, all of them, I, I have three of them. So I'm definitely going to give them their props to say that they aided and assisted in me becoming a better parent. We didn't work out. That's one thing we were able to keep that where it is, but still have some form of co-parenting going for it. No big ups to them um, because they were a part of the process too. I, I hate the fact that these and I'm, I'm look, I'm moving your show right along. You're good. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that these homes are not getting it together. You know, it's one thing if y'all don't work intimately or one that's cool. But to show the destructiveness and, and the divisive ways that we show in the homes, because if the homes are not right, 
the communities are not right. And these kids, you see these kids, they're running around, they're shooting each other in mass number. You know why? Because we, our generation dropped the ball. One, we became cool with our kids. Two, we have basically allowed our children to be taught by social media to where things like that, harmful things like that. And you know, the Bible spoke this. Mm-hmm. In the latter days, good will be bad, bad will be good. Mm-hmm. Harmful things that the media is allowing to go forth is teaching our kids that, oh, it's cool to shoot somebody, turn around and smile in the camera. So next thing you know, you have a child on Facebook, or on Instagram or Snapchat, shooting somebody, turning around and smiling in the camera, or mm-hmm. even worse, getting shot by the police while they smile in the camera. I did not have to be a gang member. I didn't have to. I, I didn't have to. That came from me acting out, reaching out for that love that I didn't feel like I was getting from the home. I tried this. I tried that. That didn't work. Let me go over here to these set of brothers over here. Oh, okay. They, they making me feel like I'm cool. Bam. Now I'm a gang member. Selling dope. I didn't have to do that. I've been working since I was 13, 14 years old to actually be a part of those different societies and, and kind of consummate your belonging. Okay, let me do what you're doing. Here comes the peer pressure that we, we overlook and don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now I'm selling dope because Joe Smoe's selling dope because he's a part of GD. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's what we're supposed to do. Had no reason to sell dope. Right. Had no reason to be on the streets. Had no reason to be a gang member. Had no reason to have ever gone to jail or any of that stuff. All that stuff came because my home was corrupt. I acted out. I became something that I wasn't. And you know what? I didn't do nothing, but I was spiraling down, spiraling down. These homes, it's important that we get these homes together, especially the black home. We we, we need to really, really reinforce black love. Um, and I'm not just talking about the, oh, boo, you my boo, you my bae, oh, sweetie. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about real love, the, that first First Corinthians 13 love. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to show that we have the the, the willingness because we have the capability. You know, mm-hmm. when we were coming up, the neighbor could whoop your butt. That's right. When we were coming up, you know, the neighborhood police, the neighborhood, the neighborhood knew who was what. You could leave your door open. You didn't you know have to lock I mean? the door, yeah. And, it, and if somebody came in, you was like, who's that? And you didn't you even like, freak out. Yeah, who's that? Oh, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> now, how dare you leave your door open while you're there? Because somebody going to come through it with a rifle trying to take what's yours. Mm-hmm. Or somebody going to come through with some pistols and say, and the neighborhood ain't going to do nothing but stand by and watch and put it on social media. This happened in the hood today. It's terrible. And this is what we've taught our kids. Mm-hmm. This is why our communities are so screwed up. People can't wait to pull out their phones to videotape some BS Versus because stopping. that's the trend of society. That's yeah. the trend of the home. That's the trend of our children. And guess what? That's the trend of our communities, our schools, our legislation. Look at our president. I'm not going to sit here and dog our president just because I don't like him. He's our president. I, I don't like he's, him either. He's the country's president. Let me say that. Um, you know, you spend more time on Twitter than you do doing this, doing that. You know what I'm saying? You spend more time calling people out their names and doing all sorts of real childish stuff. And I don't even care if that's a part of y'all's agenda. Mm -hmm. You spend more time in areas that are not priorities. Mm -hmm. And I think for the homes, a priority should be uninstitutionalizing these kids from social media. 
I'm not saying don't allow your kids. You want your kids to have a life. You want your kids to be able to, some, some trends you can't stop. You know what I mean? We went through that whole pants sagging thing too. Now we grown and we, we wear belts. And so we looking at everybody else like, pull your pants up, boy. I was that child. I wasn't wearing it for the original reasons that everybody else was wearing it for, uh, you know, wearing my pants like that for. I was wearing it. Why? Because that was the trend. Right. Because someone in my home was not trustable enough for me to listen to. See, I said that like that for a reason. It's okay to be open with your kids, but you have to be trustable to your kids while still maintaining authority. You cannot become your kid's friend. Right. This is why me and my oldest are not cool right now, because I'm not like someone else. I don't want to dog anybody else. I'm not like the other half. I'm not right. your friend. I love you. I care for you. We can do things, but I'm not your friend. Where, where am I going with all of this? Again, we were talking about parenting. We were talking about my children. We were talking about, I was, I was giving them praise about them not really turning kind of, you know, out like these millennials and stuff nowadays. Uh, I really think the greater portion of my efforts in parenting came from God because what I couldn't do, he did do. But these homes, these communities, they're destroyed because the homes are not right. Mm -hmm. People are not taking that extra effort. Bounce away from your career. Bounce away from the church life. Bounce away from whatever has your attention that much. Because I can guarantee you that innocent little girl that you call your angel or your baby got some grown. Can I cuss on here? You'll edit it. Got a grown (laughs) man with his winky out. Yep. Ready to, you know, wait for you to go to work. Yep. I'm dead serious. I know you are. So... And, and and look look at what they're doing. Look what they're doing to the food. Look how our babies are developing. These teenagers look like grown women. Yes, they do. These young men, I mean, besides the baby faces still, they're built like giants, like Amazon. Yep. And there's a lot of loneliness going around right now. A lot, so, of, a lot of entanglement going on right now. A lot of entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of going on right now <laughs> to a point to where no, no one's safe. No. When I came up, the policeman, the fireman, the teacher, the pastor, the, the librarian, them were safe people. Do you remember when the police used to come to your school and be officer friendly? Do you remember that? And we were so excited to see the policeman I and this, that, another. ministered about this the other day. That whole time they are doing nothing. Because, yep, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a bad one. We'll see him in the system. Get his name. Get him down early. That's what that was all about. Or facial recognition. Well, we, why, we, that's another show. We could do mm. that in September. <laughs> talk about all this COVID-19 stuff. I, done, I could break that down like it ain't nothing. But that's like, that's. The facial recognition software is doing it for them now. So mm. they don't have to do that. That's what all the social distancing stuff was about. So they can get profiles with half covered faces. But again, that's that's a show for another time. Yeah. Um, yeah, Officer McGruff and Officer Friendly or whoever the dog was would come out. And that's a, that's a detective. Not only a detective, but a detective that has the intuition and learned ability to detect patterns and people. They can mm-hmm. look you and tell what type of person you are they will profile the mess out of you and guess what that's exactly what they're doing while looking like a friendly dog (laughs) yeah i remember them now okay so i'm gonna talk about your businesses real quick so what's the christian experience 
that's a movement that I've been trying to get off the uh, ground for quite some time. Uh, the concept behind it is to give someone a real authentic Christian experience and not the street believe Christian experience. You know, people have a misconceived notion about people that believe in Christ or people that go to church. You know, there's, there's a stereotype and it's getting worse and worse. I, again, that's a show for November. We got two more shows to do. Two more shows. <laughs> I see that's you keep part. adding yourself onto the schedule. You yeah. <laughs> book me at the, the middle of every month. <laughs> so no, uh, that stereotype is not going to rid of itself. The only way people are going to understand the the lifestyle of a Christian is to actually meet a real one. You know, the stage play Christian is what people keep meeting. The Sunday morning Christian, the, the dress up, put my hat on. And no, that's not Christianity at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, that stereotype kind of carries with our entire belief system. Um, and please know anyone listening to Christianity is not a denomination. Denominations were not ordained by God. All that apostolic Baptist and Euthyphorian and Esophistican and all that stuff, yeah, uh, I, that, that's, that's not God, because you're not going to have those sections in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christianity, if you understand what the IAN part of the word and the anity part of the word means, it's basically saying you are of Christ. Mm-hmm. I am of the body of Christ. That is my belief system. But unfortunately, you know, our, our Christian leaders, uh, especially the black ones, and that, now I came to say especially the black ones because no, anymore, a lot of them have, have given Christianity a derogatory name because of some of the things that go on with Christianity. Why is the world, now tell me this, this is so funny to me. That's why I get so mad at churches. You preach to the same saved people every week. Every week. They say, we got these four walls and these saved people in this choir. We're going to do the same thing every week. And, the, and what you're doing is you're expecting the lost to wonder their little happy butts in here. Now, how are they going to do that when they already think that inside here is just like out here? You know right. how they know that? Because they've seen you in their places. Yeah. And when they've seen you, Christian leader, in their places doing their stuff, screwing, going, yeah. I can go there. Yeah, you can go. Yeah, you 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 got holes like I got holes. Mm-hmm. You smoke weed like I smoke weed. Mm-hmm. You 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 smacked your wife. I only smacked my wife, but you smacked your wife. Yeah, and it's not a judgmental thing for me, but I can still see why the world don't want to deal with the church. Why am I going to come in here and give you ten percent of my first fruits, which I'm about to talk about that in a second too, to do the same thing that I was doing out here? Mm-hmm. I'm not, not going to really find, find salvation in that. So the church, I do believe the modern day church needs to, they need to get out. They need to get out and about and actually, you know, do the work. Uh, because to expect that somebody's going to click on your YouTube channel or your live stream and all the rest of the stuff, I mean, it happens, but generally 90% of that or 85% of that, the, the populace is going to be the people that you would preach to in the building, the same mm-hmm. people. The mm-hmm. law is what you need to go after. That's what mm-hmm. the takeover about. That's what we need to talk about. We to see we going, we out here. I was one I was part of the problem for a long time. I was one of those naysayers. I sit by and say every I had all the good plans and didn't move a muscle. People sitting around and they they not really doing anything, but they got everything to say. 
So that's part of the problem. That's not part of the solution. Kind of bridging the, the, the I'm kind of bridging the, the Christianity over to the takeover. So God gave me the vision. I came in from my morning run. I was getting a shower. I was about to say my repentance, my repentance prayer. The minute I opened my mouth was the minute he shut it. And he began dumping into my spirit, just pouring into it. I'm a prophet. I, I operate uh, under the prophetic. That's a long story. We, we'll save that show for January 13th. Uh, <laughs> I'm so done with yeah. you right now. You want three of them now? I got three of them? Okay. We yeah. Now let's actually four. That, that's four. That's okay. four. We got a two okay. part on one. Yeah. That, that's so he, he began pouring into my spirit and he gave me the vision for the takeover and, and the stuff fall and stuff like that. Now, you know me. You've known me 20 years at this yeah. point. I'm mm-hmm. very rebellious and I had the audacity to turn around and question the father as if he didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, why am I questioning father? I'm very much like Moses. Uh, why are you sending me to speak? And I stutter. Why are you sending these dirty hands out here to clean up? Mm-hmm. Why are you picking me out of all people to go out here and do this type of work? Now, first thing I want to throw to your attention, dear heavenly father, while still trying to maintain some respect, is you know I'm going to screw it up. I'm going to see her. I'm going to want to touch it, smell it, and, and whatever else comes along with that. I'm going to see it. I'm going to want to smoke it, and whatever else comes along with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see that, and I'm going to want to punch it dead in his mouth. Now, you know these things, but yet you pick me. So after I went through all these little... All the reasons uh, why he shouldn't have picked you. I said, why me? <laughs> this was his return. Why not you? Yep. Any funny... And I, <laughs> God, God, God's got sense of humor down pat. I say it all the time. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, mouth dropped, kind of looking at, you know, looking at myself in the mirror, like, okay, God that lost his mind. Maybe he threw his own mind in the sea of forgetfulness to remember us no more. I don't know what kind of practical joke he's playing on me this morning. I'm serious. It's 5:30 in the morning. It's 5:30 in the morning. I don't have time for this. So immediately, <laughs> look, Wait a minute. I, immediately, I was trying not to laugh. You just said, I don't have time for this, Jesus. I got so immediately, <laughs> I got on the phone and I began making phone calls and I had a board together by the end of that week. Got a 12 man board together. Um, we had our first meeting. I gave them my testimony. And I told them, I'm just be real on your show. I do IT. I consult businesses. I clown, play sports. You know, I, I'm looking at the father. I'm like, I'm not Martin Luther the King. I'm not Malcolm X. I'm the, what, what are you doing? This is like, are you setting me up for failure again? Again, that's funny, huh? Um, and, but I immediately, my, my works immediately went into action, all that questioning. And when he said, why not you? I just got on the phone and just began making calls. And like I said, everything started piecing itself together. Like instantly, it was almost like you remember when the um, on the Terminator, when when the when the second one, when I think something blew it up and all, and then it melted and all the little yeah. pieces came back yeah. together. And stuff. It, it it that's exactly how it felt, and I was like, okay, so you're not playing, you're serious, and then it's almost like kind of we we kind of we go over to Billy Jean, the Michael Jackson Billy Jean, when the when the the floor would light up one step before a step, mm-hmm. so then I began to see the path. And then the cotton got pulled out of my ears. And now at one point in time where it was like, 
static noise. It was too many voices in my head. I couldn't hear God clearly. Now, and this is our, this is me and the father's personal joke. I said to him one day, I was like, do you ever shut up? <laughs> like, seriously, he constantly gives us instructions all throughout the day from the time you are sleeping to the time that you are awake. And it's like, oh my gosh, he tells me what to put on. You tell me how many puffs I can take from my black and mouth. Like, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Our relationship instantly changed with this last deliverance. And I think that that was what it took for me to be able to accept my call. Mm-hmm. So now he's using the entire arsenal, my past, present, future, dreamed about, wished about, vision board. He's using it all to pour out his spirit on man. And he's using me as a vessel. And I proudly accept it. Every day I'm looking for my new assignment. You know, that's why if you looked on my Facebook, one day I'm here, one day I'm in Tennessee, one day I'm in Atlanta, one day I'm in mm-hmm. Texas. That's him. He's mm-hmm. telling me to go lay hands on people. And I'm still looking at him like, you mean these hands? You don't want me to put gloves on? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm serious. Because we know with these hands, yeah, the, the, there's too much blood on my hands. You know what I mean? Even blood that we don't even count from all the adulterous and fornication and and all the just, you know, stuff that Everything. I've just done yeah. that I knew was against his will. Mm-hmm. back in the day and now i'm saying now you want to use me well i had to think of paul he did turn saul to paul in one trip but i just i never seen that coming not for me it was well, it was crazy i think in these times god is using the unlikely the uh what people are calling the unusable to pull in because i remember one point i was i walked in the church and i was like you know what i'm done I don't, I don't even want this no more. I'm I'm cool. Literally, as soon as I got the thought out of my head, the Lord was like, if you're not here, how can I draw anybody in here like you? Huh. Wow. So I was like, well. <laughs> wow. Now that's so, deep. And, so, and, and I'm there with you. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. so basically that's what it is. I mean, he uses people like us because we're regular people. We ain't always walk the walk. We ain't always talk to talk, but we know. And even when we knew, we still did stuff we wasn't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But God's grace allowed us to go ahead and do it so we can tell somebody, yeah, you can do it. And, but, you know, but you let know me tell you what happened. You know what his word says? It's all for his good. So yeah. even when we think we're not doing right, trust me, he has already developed a strategy to use that for his glory. For and somebody that's what I, else. That, yeah, yeah, that's what I love about it. I you would have if we would have had this 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 interview, let's just say five years ago, I would not have I would not have been as transparent. Mm-hmm. I would and I'm very transparent, but I would not have been as transparent. I would not have been that this bold to talk about my past. I, I would have matter of fact, I would have talked about it. But it would have we would have had violins going on the side and all the rest of that mess. That, you know what I mean? We just get some wine and cheese. Yeah, boy, it, it'd have been. We I'd have just wanted everybody to feel that pain. I want you to feel my pain, but now mm-hmm. it's my fuel, and it's like only only a creator, only His Majesty can do something that powerful yes. in somebody's life to turn ashes into beauty. I would have never imagined that I was in line for that. It was, I, it got so bad for me. Look, sis, it got so bad for me. At one point in time, I thought I was one of the other one's children. I did not feel 
the love. Ain't that how we say it? I, I just don't feel the love. I'm mm-hmm. gonna. I'm like, Ooh. I didn't just quit on the church. I quit on everything minus of my belief. Mm-hmm. I held on to it. Yeah. And I was still doing my devotions as much as it hurt. I would throw my phone afterwards. I was on a U version. I still do it every day. Um, I would throw my phone afterwards like this BS. I'm sitting here reading this story, but I'm, I'm ready to turn into something else. Muslim, body, mm-hmm. something. I don't know. But this ain't working. This just ain't working. Mm-hmm. And it, at that point, when you become so broken and, and, and your heart is so contrite, that's when he's like, gotcha. I, I told him, I said, I can't do this anymore. I put the gun to my head, it didn't go off. It's a hairpin trigger. It didn't go off. So after all that, I just, I was like, okay, I see you. I hear you. What is it that you want me to do? I was so, I was still rebellious because I still had that chip on my shoulder. Like after all this I done went through, remember every night that I got molested, you sat there and watched because see you everywhere, right? So you not only knew it was going to happen, but you sat there and watched it. Like, I was mad at God. Oh, I was mad at the Father. Now he has transitioned that maturing, just like when you grow up. When you're 20, you think you've grown. When you're 40, you think you've grown. When you're 60, you think you've grown. When you're 80, you think you've grown. You will begin to learn at every phase of your life that you ain't never going to be grown. Always room for improvement, and there's always room for growth. So spiritually, he had taught me at that moment why. Why he did that that why he allowed those emotions to build the way i didn't know that he was building a canister full of fuel i'm just emotional and in my fees and all the rest of that stuff and i'm ready to just like lash out i'm like i'm right. going through abusive situation after abusive situation after abusive situation none of my relationships worked out whether i was the problem or not and i'm gonna say that i was a big problem back in the day i ain't gonna be like the rest of them be like oh it was her 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 no i had issues Mm-hmm. Nothing worked out for me. Friends turning their back. Uh, my best friend tried to kill me. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, my best friend tried to kill me. It's so funny because his counterpart that he was with that tried to kill me as well is actually somebody that God uh, actually sent me to kind of work with uh, mm-hmm. uh, alongside of or whatever. And so a lot of forgiveness has had to take place. Um, went over and blessed his movement. Uh, he's a he's a popular name, so I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave leave it nameless to look your killer in the eye and and say here here from the goodness of my heart to you from me to you that's a hard thing yeah you know to come home and and you know god loves a cheerful giver and i can't necessarily say that i was cheerful about any of that stuff but i understand if it's for him if, if it's for his purpose i i don't know what god's plan is for it, but it must be something if he had me do that because mm-hmm. we all know what the adverse result of that could have been Hold this, be pow. I ain't forgot. That's that's not what God uh, God is on with this. So, to to be put in situ- uh, certain situations like that has been it's been fairly mentally challenging. Let me say it like that. I don't want to speak no life over death, mm-hmm. uh, or in other words, speak death into the situation. But it's been mentally challenging. Uh, heartstrings have been pulled, um, but He's also strengthened me inside some kind of way to where it's not affecting me. Yeah. So I'm at least able to carry out my instructions and, you know, go about God's business, go about yeah. my own too, without a whole bunch of riffraff. But to, to see these faces, you know, that turn their back on me and that have done me wrong and all the rest of that. So, well, the first thing I do, here's my first piece of accountability. I am not innocent. 
So there's no way that I can look at somebody else for what they've done to me and criticize them or put them in a place where I didn't want to be put. So what has happened to me, even if I didn't do it directly the same way, I'm, I'm guilty of in some, some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. So that's my first piece, piece of accountability. And the second piece of accountability, this is one that I've tried to minister to a lot of people, and a lot of people can't accept this. You are responsible for everything. And the reason why I say that is because, like, even I can talk about what my children's mother's done to me or what girlfriends have done to me or even friends, but I chose those situations. So when you get in the mirror, you have to look back at yourself and say, you chose that. You can't say, oh, they did this to me. No, Mm -hmm. you chose that. And if Mm -hmm. they continue to do it, you continue to choose it. But you said, no, I'm going to do this this way. And it's it's just so weird. The the wild part about that is, you know, especially our culture, we do not want to take that type of accountability for ourselves to say, you know what, that wasn't their fault. That was even if you didn't know anything about that person, even if you would have would have said never in a million years, I would have thought that per- you chose that situation. Yeah. All choices don't come with 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 uh, the little tags on it with the small writing. Sometimes you just got to find out the hard way. You realize that you chose that situation. That baby daddy, you chose him. That baby mama, you chose her. But in in Westernized civilization, we're too complacent. The United States, when stuff gets shaken up in the United States. That complacency leaves and fear and panic sets in, like mm-hmm. with COVID-19, like with the riots, like mm-hmm. with any type of uprising. This stuff been going on for years, just to bring that full circle. The police been beating our ass. The only, only, difference, only difference is now is we got cell phones recording it. And you can see it, and you get the information quicker. They've been mm-hmm. beating our ass. They've been lynching us. One of my brothers, who's in Atlanta, this is, mm-hmm. he, he was sharing a story with me, and it has stuck with me. He said that he was locked up one time, and this annoying guy, but that he really thinks that it was sent from God, like seriously. He said that he was bugging him one day. He was like, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? You know, my smart ass, I'd have been like, you just asked me a question. He, he, he turned around, he finally entertained it. He said, what is the best way to steal something from somebody? And so I guess he didn't respond right off, and he thought about it. And then he gave him a couple answers where he was wrong. So finally, the dude came to the answer, and he said, the best way to steal something from somebody is to make them first believe that they never owned it. I said, wow. Mm. That is wow. Like, that takes a whole lot of depth. That's the reason why our culture was stolen from us, and that curse was, was written in the Bible. Our culture was stolen from us because we were made to believe that we never owned it in the first place. We were made to believe that we were slaves once we got here. Slaves when you left off Cape Cod. When you got here, that's a whole different hemisphere. Why didn't we uprise? You know mm-hmm. why? Because the choice that was on the table, kind of like the Matrix, red or blue pill. Don't give me a red or blue pill. Because the red pill, I don't know what it does, and a blue pill, how are you going to give me a pill for the state that I'm already in? That's mm-hmm. stupid. So I'm going to make my own choice. I'm going to take my pill. And they didn't want to do that. The slaves that came over here didn't realize we outnumber y'all. We're stronger than y'all. We're more powerful than y'all. We can uprise and just take this bad boy over. Be BET across this bad boy. But they managed with like Willie Lynch, his little stuff that he did, to steal our culture from us by allowing us to believe something that we should have never fell for. To believe that we were slaves and to operate under the slave mentality has been the number one breakdown of our black culture. 
going all the way back to the homes. Go well, all the way back to 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 with this concept. Check this out. Don't be offended, my black queens. I love y'all. Okay, you know you can't. You really can't tell a black woman nothing without without her turning around and saying, "But a man does it." Now let's just focus on what mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. So, mm-hmm. Pete, our black women. I don't care who gets mad about this. Truth and fact is truth and fact. Have always ran to a snake before going to their husband. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at Eve. Hmm. Who does she talk to first? Now she didn't get the she didn't get the commandment. Adam did. He did it. That's when sin took its place. That's when the eyes are open. Did it, what did we do? We listened to our woman, didn't we? And who did she listen to? A she serpent, to the serpent. Right? Okay. Now follow that pattern all throughout history. Mm-hmm. Black women, instead of working it out, they get fed up and they what go to systems. They start calling police who don't like our black men anyway. They start calling uh, 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 child support who don't give a damn about the child anyway. All these systems, which are really set up to divide black families. And that's why I said uh, in the beginning or somewhere near the middle is we really need to emphasize black love in the home. Love conquers all things. Don't go to the police. Get Uncle Bobby and him like they used to do to whoop his ass. Mm-hmm. And then love on him in a, in a couple of weeks after he done laid on the couch for a couple of weeks. That's love. Love, and this is what's this is what's truly missing out of our relationships. I know I'm just going all over the place. Just stay with me. Uh, love is missing, and and because love is missing, we're not able to overcome that slave mentality. We can't overcome it because we're always looking for somebody to pacify or to to give us a way out, instead of fighting together for a way out. The homes need to fight together for a way out. Quit worrying about. Divorce. Quit worrying about how much he makes or she makes. Quit worrying about who said this and who said that. Sit in that living room until you get it patented out. Go to bed with a smile on your face. Get back up and talk about it again. But the fact of the matter is we need to learn how to work stuff out amongst the family, amongst the home. And quit letting that stuff drift all out in the social media. Oh, my husband was out with these hussies last night. Oh, my 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 wife is a busybody. And oh, I heard this in the, in the that blame beauty shop or at the barber shop. And this ain't even about a, a women or men, women versus men thing or a men versus uh, women thing in our black culture, because I'm learning that it, there's more feministic black men than there are messy black women. Mm-hmm. There are black men in barbershops and in little groups and at the gym. We talk just like y'all do, but if not more, that's an adopted trait. That's something that we we that was put in us. It was stolen. Our, our 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 original alpha, our original kingliness, was stolen from us because we failed to learn about our history. We didn't want to fight for what we should have fought for because we were tricked by this Westernized civilization. One, mm-hmm. to believe that we were slaves, and two, to listen to their standards, to adapt their policies and the way that they go about things. I hear people argue arguing the Bible, and I'm still touching on love. People argue the Bible. Why are you going? This Bible was written by such and such. Well. Do you believe that this is a floor and that's a door? Yeah. And you know where you learned that from? The same people that wrote that Bible. So you're picking and choosing what you wish to believe from the same people that institutionalize you as well. Right. That is a best of black culture right there. We don't think, we don't, we just react and respond and we just want to be loud. If we begin to cultivate a learning environment and true ministry inside the home, 
It's going to fix the home. It's going to fix the communities. It's going to fix all these statistics, all these stereotypes. Well, white people going to still believe what they want to believe. But the fact of the matter is we'll gain our culture back just by taking some time. And, and, and instead of being so microwave with everything, with our responses, with our emotions and everything, and literally taking the time to want to fight stuff out and want to, that's what love does. Love conquers all things. I didn't write that. That's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I believe it to be true. So mm-hmm. if love conquers all things, then why are we getting divorced at such high rates? Either love is not there or you guys are not enabling love to do what it does best. And guess what? Just to bring the whole thing full circle, our kids seen it all. Our yeah. kids heard it all. And you mm-hmm. know what they're about to do? They're about to replicate it 10 times worse. The end. Amen, lights and walls, doors of church open. That is not the end, sir. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you think you're going to end my show. <laughs> the, de- the devil is alive. <laughs> no, you, you get what I'm saying, though? No, I see what you're saying. That I is a systematic saying. breakdown, and it all starts with one thought. You are a slave. You are a slave to something. Black people have been taught to be a slave to something. We're either a slave to trends. We're a slave to social media. We're a slave to a whole bunch of stuff. If we just take some time, gird up our loins, and begin to muster what needs to be mustered in the home, then guess what? We have a better chance of surviving, becoming our own nation. We ain't even got no land. You know, there's a whole bunch of things missing out of us because we want to go buy rims and, 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 and freaking spinners chains and, and, chains and some shit. We ain't got no banks, no educational systems. We ain't got enough people in legislation. And if they in legislation, they probably Coons and Uncle Toms. We need to really unify and become a nation, a, a nation of solidarity. And we're not going to do that unless we get our homes right, period. We, it, we have a very slim chance of ever being able to reconcile as a nation unless people begin to see the need for your children for you, for you. I mean, even for the elders, uh, let, give, give them something to smile about when they pass. You know, I mean, we're not a perfect generation and we're not a perfect nation, but we hold every resource within us to just be as powerful as possible. But you know what's, you know what's going on? It's too convoluted. It's mm-hmm. too many groups. It's too many. It's a group here. It's a group here. It's a group here. It's a group here. And don't, none of these groups want to work with each other because they're in competition with each other. Slave mentality. Crab in a bucket. That's why the takeover is about to take over. We're just going to take over where everybody just dropped the ball. But we go, the only way we can do that is by example. I can talk right. all day, but all I right. lose by example. And you know what? You said that you had, uh, you got 12 board members? Uh, something like that. I, I have 12 people in positions. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was going to say, your, your disciples and 12 is divine oh, government. No, and 12. And wait a minute, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> do, I don't. I think you need to understand the spiritual uh, number twelve. Oh, I do. The, I'm very, I'm very big on numbers. Okay, then. On then well, then. That's the show for February. Spiritual numbers. Oh my God! You know what? <laughs> I'm in there. Uh, and that's my birthday month. So. Hey, hey, we can get on that too during the show. We got an hour and a half. <laughs> See, oh God. <laughs> You a mess. You you ready for your last question? I I stay ready, so I ain't gotta get ready. All right. So if you can have any theme song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? Okay. Bam. Glad you asked me that. I was already ready for that. It's called King. 
by uh, I want to say it's by um, King by uh, his last name's Hall, uh, something Hall, the gospel song. Now it's talking about Jesus, so I'm not trying to be uh, what do they call that when you put yourself like what Satan did. I'm not trying to do that, but that song I listen to it once a day. It does something to me, like and it, it to me it describes me. Even the the composition of the song it it does something to the inside of me. Like my chakra get to going crazy. And, and it's like, if I was to catch the spirit and start, you know, get as, as, as the white folks say, get happy. <laughs> if, I was, if I was to catch the spirit, it would probably be off that song because there's a dualness in it. You know, Christ said, put on him. He also said that you'll do greater things than what I did. Of course, if I was back then listening to that, I would have looked at him like he was crazy. Like, hey, okay. All right, you turn the water into wine, and, and you done fed 5,000 people with a couple fish sandwiches. I don't know. I don't know about being greater than that. Right. But I am his image. Genesis 1.26 said, we were made, both man and woman, in their image. Their meaning the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son, because the Holy Spirit is not to be rever- uh, reverence. But when I think about that, I have to not only think that, okay, the Father sees me through his Son's blood, but if I'm really going to put on Christ and be in his image, then I have to walk as though I am, knowing that I'm not. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not about to sit here and say that. Nothing like it. But that's my big brother. That's my big spiritual brother. Obviously, if he's the father, that's my brother because he's the only begotten son. I mm-hmm. want all the world to know that. If you don't know it now, one day you're going to confess it and your knee going to bow. But when it comes down to it, I am his image. So think about an image. When I take a picture of you, it shows me an image. Now, that picture is not you, but it is the closest replica at that point in time to you. So that's the way that I feel when I walk. That's how King we was even formed. You know, he said we're all kings, queens, and priests. This is the Bible. I'm speaking words. So, okay, I know I'm a king and a priest. I minister daily. I don't care how bad I am. I, I minister daily. I am a king. I lead. You're a royalty. I, I walk in royalty. I'm a royal priesthood. And it took that, see, the devil stole that from me by making me believe that my kingliness never existed. Then people that said, you ain't nothing. You ain't never going to be nothing. You All you are is what you are, a gang-banging, ex-con, sex addict, whatever else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I believed it. I believe you know why, because my actions was lining up with that. I was a sex addict. I couldn't stop screwing. I was a drug addict. I couldn't stop doing drugs. I was a, I was a whatever addict, but I, it wasn't nothing about me that was showing royalty or kingliness. Right. And then one day God came along and said, hi, I got you. I was waiting on you. So you thought, so you thought. Yeah. So I thought. Yeah. And when he put that crown on me, I was like, I mean, it fits, but you, you, you chose me like for what? You know, I'm I'm gonna bag up. I'm gonna bag up, sir. (laughs) You always had a crown on your head. You just didn't see it. Ain't that it? Ain't that it? Talk that talk. You 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 ministering. That that's true. That's why I said the devil blinded me. Yeah. And made me believe that it didn't exist. So he was able to steal it from me. What's the best way to steal something from somebody? Make them believe they never owned it. I'm just glad I got you on this show. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Pure dopeness. You're dope. I'm loving what you're doing, sis. And and now that I know, forgive me, because you know I've been out of contact. I've been out 
like I've kind of been on my own little thing for a while. So now that I know, now I'm tuned in. So I got I got to see what you're talking about. <laughs> Watch out there now. <laughs> Watch out there, the boy. Yeah. Thank you, Lamar, for being on my show. I can't tell you how much it means to me for you to open up and share what God has done for you and to let people know that it doesn't matter what state you're in right now. It has nothing to do what God is going to do for you in the future. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. And come on, y'all. Subscribe. Hit that button. You don't want to miss another episode and you definitely don't want to miss the upcoming season. And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl. <laughs>